Things get more complicated on Moon Knight. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 146 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello, Brian. So, we got some trailers that have popped up because, of course, people wanted us to get excited about what's coming up. Yes. And we're definitely going to talk about episode mm-hmm. two of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, of course, at the beginning, we always have our in memoriams when we need to. And so, unfortunately, today we do have an in-memoriam, and we have covered a lot of these in-memoriams. I mean, Stan Lee, of course, is the one that I'm always going to remember. That yeah. was hard. But even that one is not as difficult as this one, because this is something that could have been easily prevented. And it's a shame, but it is what it is, and we're going to talk about this today. So I just wanted to spend a moment to mourn the loss of Ezra Miller's career in movies. So... <laughs> Should I be laughing at that? It was. I think it was the lead-up, Brian. I'm guessing you know what I'm talking about. There was an arrest or something? He was yeah, arrested yeah, for... Yes, he was arrested. Skin disorderly? Yes, or? they were arrested again, unfortunately. This has been an ongoing issue. Part yeah, they've had issues before where there's been assaults involved, and unfortunately, we, we're dealing with another one. Apparently, Ezra decided to get in a shouting match with a woman who was doing karaoke in Hawaii and her husband as well. And apparently they followed this couple to their hotel and went into their hotel room and threatened to kill him and his slut wife. So this was like really rough. And so obviously Yeah, I hadn't heard any of the details. I just knew he had been arrested in Hawaii for drunken disorderly. Yeah. But so. that's stalking, that's assault. That's Yeah, that's, it's gotten worse. Now, of course, they've been in a situation before, a few situations before mm-hmm. that has gotten pretty rough. Mm-hmm. But this has gone to another level. Now, The big problem, of course, with Warner Brothers right now is they're getting ready to release a movie, a very important movie, Mm -hmm. that stars Ezra Miller. Right. And so there was an emergency meeting. We don't know exactly what's been going on in it, what was said, but obviously a lot of talk has been, well, we're not doing anything else with Ezra Miller. In fact, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with the Flash movie Mm -hmm. because it's pretty much shot. Right. at this point but at the same time from what i understand ezra was rough to deal with on set there were many complaints complaints and, and uh, a lot of emotional breakdowns and things of that nature and so the question is going to become do you release this movie as it is mm-hmm. which i don't know if you can do that not just because of what ezra has done mm-hmm. but Knowing that they're not going to be a part of anything else with Warner Brothers, how's press going to go? Can you put Ezra on a press tour? I don't think you can do that. I don't think it's a good idea. Plus, what is Ezra going to say in the press when they're releasing this film? It's not going to help, obviously. But what do you do? Refilm it or shelf it? (sighs) 
It's just so many other people are involved in this film and how they make their living depends on this movie. Yeah, I really don't know the solution to this. We could can Barry Allen bring in Wally West, story-wise. But as far as the producers, the writers, the actors, the cameramen, all the crew, all those people depend on this movie. And how can you punish all these people for the actions of the one? So I really don't know what the solution would be, Brian. It's yeah, it, it's painful. not going to be easy. It's mm-hmm. not going to be easy, obviously. No. And there's obviously you're going to see talk online, and I've already seen it. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to bring Grant Gustin in, who's Flash on the TV show, mm-hmm. the CW yep. show. And I don't even know if that is a good idea. He's a well-loved character. Right. But TV's different than the movies. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, from what I understand, I watch a little bit of the CW superhero shows, the Arrowverse shows. Mm-hmm. Mostly I watch them during the big crossover events, but right. not, mm-hmm. I don't really dive into them otherwise. Yeah, and pretty much what I've heard is that the last couple of seasons or season and a half of Flash has not been that good, that the oh. writing has oh, gone really good. down. And unfortunately, that, of course, is going to mean that if you've only got like a million people watching your show, how does that translate into box office? Right. That's not a great deal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you do about this. Mm -hmm. To be honest, Warner Brothers took a major risk bringing in Ezra Miller as a star vehicle for Flash. It was a major risk because they'd had issues with them before. They had acted up this way before. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, that gamble didn't pay off. Wow. And I really feel badly about the situation because Ezra would have had, I think if they could have, kept themselves out of controversy they would have had a pretty nice career out of this mm-hmm. and as far as grant gustin is concerned i don't even know if he'd want to play the role he's been doing it for eight years yeah. on tv but they were screaming for him to do that when they first started shooting the movie they said don't bring in ezra miller the guy's a problem mm-hmm. and we like grant gustin why don't you let him do it and they were like no ezra miller's our flash for the movies we're going to use him and they gambled And unfortunately, it didn't pay off for them. Yeah, Looking at this and saying, I wouldn't want a new Barry Allen. Bring me a Wally West. Bring me a Bart Allen. Give me a new character. That way I can have a new actor and I can grow to love. That would be behind my rose-colored geek glasses. That's what I would want. Now that this film is pretty much all shot, I don't know if it's salvageable, if they mean to make any changes to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you do that, especially because obviously a great deal of this plot has to do with Barry Allen and especially his background about his mother dying. This is going directly into Flashpoint. Mm. And so it's not like you can just write that off. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, how in the world... Are you going to cut all Ezra Miller scenes or CG somebody else into all (laughs) of them? Oh, (laughs) no. It would be a logistic nightmare to try to do something like that. And I don't know how you do it. I don't know if you could do it. It would be, I would have to say, if you were able to do that, that movie should automatically win the Oscar for Best Special Effects. (laughs) Because the amount of special effects Mm. you're going to have to do 
to make that work oh. is staggering. Well, Henry Cavill's mustache tells us we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't get rid of uh, Henry Cavill's mustache, how are you going to get rid we, of Ezra Miller completely? Yeah, we can't. We cannot do it. Yeah. No. I think it would be cheaper just to reshoot the whole thing than it mm. would be to try to do that. But obviously, Ezra Miller is done when it comes to Warner Brothers, and I don't see how they're going to get a job anywhere else. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. And uh, Warner Brothers in DC, they got a, over a year to figure this out. They've already started delaying movies. We talked about that already. Right. And so, how do you deal with this from here? I don't know. But I guess we'll keep an eye out Stop on that and watch see. It. We shall see. Yeah. But let's talk about some trailers. Okay. I want to start with the Doctor Who trailer first. Mm-hmm. The Legend of the Sea Devils. <laughs> and I'm liking what I'm seeing there. I'm being cautiously optimistic about it. Mm-hmm. We're getting a really old school Doctor Who villain in the Sea Devils. Uh-huh. We're seeing them again. I do, of course, remember probably, to my mind, the worst Matt Smith Doctor Who episode of all of them was the one that involved pirates. The ghost ship? Oh, come on. It, it was easily the worst. <laughs> it was easily the worst of all of them. If for no other reason than you had characters that just disappeared and they didn't even explain why they were gone, they just died off screen or something happened to them, and you just ignored the fact that... it's a that, ghost story. It's supposed to be spooky and scary. Yeah, but you can't have characters just disappear and you just don't talk about it. <laughs> No, that's not how it works. You can't just make the character disappear because you don't need them anymore. you got to explain they were taken or whatever. They can't just disappear. And I have a feeling that was an editing problem, that there was a scene that got put on the cutting room floor Uh that you would have at least seen a moment of them being killed or whatever. Uh And they just forgot to put that in. So we're just, okay, we're just going to ignore the fact they're not here anymore and just go on. (laughs) And to be honest, the plot itself was just about nonsensical. There was just a hair bit of meaning that made sense. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it was just like, what the so we had our ghost ship and our ghost story. This one doesn't look like a ghost story at all. This looks like classic swashbuckling treasure hunt and pirates yeah. and yeah. battle. And this We get a pirate queen. We get to see, like I said, the sea devils, mm-hmm. which one of the things I love about the sea devils slash the Silurians is they've always been the Achilles heel of the doctor because he's always tried to broker peace between them and humans and it has never worked yeah because they're both from earth even though they look at each other as you don't belong here yes they do this is your planet and you need to share it yes yeah and nobody's interested in sharing and Mm -mm. the irony of it is in most of the episodes where you deal whether it was uh Pertwee, or I remember Peter Davison, he had an episode with both the Sea Devils and the Silurians. Oh, okay. And it always seems like the way it goes down is the Doctor manages to broker a deal, and the Silurians are like, okay, we'll give it a shot, and the humans screw it up. Oh, stupid mammals. It just ha- <laughs> Exactly. So it always <laughs> seems to happen that way. And that's another reason why I always feel that the Silurians have always been an Achilles heel for... The Doctor, because he's always had a huge regard for the human race, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it's always in this one situation where humanity constantly (laughs) lets him down. I'm interested in this episode, and I'm hoping, hoping against hope, that Jodie Whittaker is finally going to have a really good show to play off of. I wish she would have had Meteor Scripps 
previously. Right, yes. It's a shame that it's like going out that maybe this is going to be one of the good ones. I hope that's the case because if it's not, good Lord, if we get another stinker, especially with this one, because I have so many hopes for this one. It's got everything I want from Doctor Who. It's got that nod to the past. It seems like it's uh, a bigger episode, too. Yeah, this is the one you'd want to go see on a movie screen. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Where a lot of these episodes, including the last one, was very claustrophobic, very mm-hmm. small. But this one, it seems like it plays out bigger. Yeah, you got two I, warring ships and yeah, and you know, you've battling got, it out, cannons and yeah. yeah. So I just hope that this works out. I really do. I I just I don't want to see Jodie Whittaker go out poorly. Yeah, I mean, she's had to deal with enough. <laughs> Give her at least a great episode. And again, it's what I've been complaining about this whole time is where is that moment for Jody that we're going to be looking at the highlight reel for? We really don't have one at this point. All the other doctors, even the eighth doctor, Paul McGann, even though he had one American TV show, yeah, uh-huh. he still had a moment. They brought him back. Even that, you're going to be thinking about it. Everybody, in, in a way, they do get a moment. There's at least one moment and usually multiple ones. Mm-hmm. And Jody hasn't had her moment. Yeah. And I hope that she gets her moment. She deserves it. She's had to deal with a lot. So that doctor deserves her moment. And I hope that this episode is the one that gives it to her. Yep. So we'll see. We shall see. But trading off doctors, Doctor Strange. We did get one more trailer. Oh, Doctor Strange. Oh, Marvel. Marvel, in your wonderful wisdom of not wanting to give us spoilers, you decided to break our hearts as much as you possibly could. And we're just going to make them cry with this trailer in every possible way. Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the reason they released the trailer, obviously, was they released it on Wednesday when the advanced tickets started to go on sale mm-hmm. for Doctor Strange. So they're like, okay, let's give you a little bit of a taste. <laughs> so we get Third Eye Strange. Yeah, that was and, great. Yeah, and uh, not saying that this is the same Doctor Strange from What If, but man, he's starting to look more and more like Maybe. him. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. But then we get Wanda's kids. Yes. Really? Oh. We get Wanda's kids and then we don't get Wanda's kids. Mm. We get that moment where she's, oh, nope, that's not them. Mm. Billy and Tommy. And then, yeah. oh, break my heart more. And then we see Rachel McAdams walking down the aisle, but she's not marrying Stephen Strange. It just ripped my heart out. Thank you, Marvel. Thanks for ripping my heart out. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Strange was gone for five years during the blip, and she moved on. And, of course, we get to see Rachel McAdams' character mm-hmm. in the night nurse outfit. And we do see that in one scene where she was cut out from an original trailer, where they're opening up the door to what looks like the nexus of all reality. You see her in there now to let you know that she's going to be more involved. And apparently she's going to be really involved in this movie, which apparently it's going to be a pretty long one. And the other thing that excites me, of course, is that... It's going to be a horror movie. You get a hint of it. Uh huh. Well, it's got that Lovecraftian name. How can it not be? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we're getting Shuma Goroth, and we saw Shuma Goroth again. Of course, they're not calling him Shuma Goroth because the... Marvel doesn't really have the rights. Uh, is that the beholder looking thing? Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Was that, is that a beholder? Yeah. yeah. D&D. Yeah. Think. We got a hint of Shuma Goroth in What If? Because that's the big tentacle monster that Mm -hmm. we saw more than once. And, of course, now in Multiverse of Madness. And I'm wondering if we're going to be able to get through this entire movie without basically having our hearts broken. 
I doubt it. Speedy and Wiccan, Billy and Tommy, that breaks my heart just thinking about. And so I'll have to, yeah, I have to prepare myself for that. It's, it's not going to be easy. Oh, yeah. Obviously, that's going to be a motivation for what I suspect is going to be Wanda's turn to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And I do know there are people that are saying that they don't want to see Wanda turn bad. And I get it because it's why in movies is a woman's trauma always vilified and mm-hmm. demonized and weaponized. I get it. But in this situation, I can understand her going down that road. And the truth is, I've always said, and you've said the same thing, your best villains are always going to be the ones that you're like, okay, I get it. Maybe I don't like what they're doing, but I see why they're doing it. Right. <laughs> and honestly, how can you not sympathize with Wanda? Mm-hmm. Even though, of course, again, going back to WandaVision, it's, yeah, she wasn't the best person. No, and she has definitely put herself in this situation, but... Yeah, it was her way of escape, her way of disassociation. Yeah, it was PTSD. Absolutely, from when they were kids. And so how do you, you know, yeah, well, do this with fighting back and oh, allow myself to be augmented and changed yeah. and then... Yeah, just the one scene where she walks into S.W.O.R.D. and there's you know, the person she loves chopped up into pieces and laying mm-hmm. all over the table. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say this, I did see some concept art that didn't get used for WandaVision. Mm-hmm. where it was worse oh. than what we got. Oh. And I'm like, I'm glad we didn't get that because <laughs> oh, no. I would have had to make a sand roll if <laughs> we'd have got that. It was a lot worse. Oh. It was horrific. Mm-hmm. And uh, When they were thinking maybe it was going to be TVMA. <laughs> that could have pushed it that way. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it, too, is we're less than a month away now when you think about it because mm-hmm. it's like the first part of, of May. And yep. we're, we're just... Oh, yeah. Two or three Mm -hmm. weeks, and then we're going to be ready to go, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they certainly whetted our appetite for it. But, man, it's going to be a rough ride going through. Wrenching your heart. The very first one, they're like, hey, look, Professor X, yay, look at all this stuff you might have. And, oh, no, we're going to show you Wanda's kids, and we're going to just rip your heart out. And you. Yeah, the thing about it is, it's a Sam Raimi movie. He's directing it, and this is the other part of it. I want to that we need to. So when you talk about it being a horror movie, Sam Raimi was doing an interview, and of course he directed Spider Man, Mm -hmm. the first trilogy of movies Mm -hmm. with Toby, and so he's done the superhero side of it, and of course, good lord, he's done the horror side of it. Yeah, (laughs) and he said that the one note he constantly got back from Marvel was. We're loving a lot of the stuff you're doing Marvel-wise, but don't forget the Sam Raimi parts. Mm, okay. And he, you right. know what they meant when they said that. Give us some more Necronomicon. Give us some more Drag Me to Hell. Woo. Yeah, that's going to be. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> that's what we got to look gonna forward. It's going to be a roller coaster, and I'm ready for it. Yep, I'm mm-hmm. I'm ready for it too. But speaking of Marvel, we definitely have to talk about Moon Knight. Moon Knight episode, episode two. two. So, what did you think about it so far? I was right on my original. Me personally, I would have rather had these two episodes back to back. I think that would have caught my interest a lot more if I had knowing I'm going into it and watching this stuff. But as layperson, if I had just seen episode one, 
I may not have come back to it. But seeing these two back to back together, I, I liked that a lot more. It, that more whetted my appetite for the rest of it. Gosh, it answered all the questions that we needed answered, but still gave us just enough. What is going on with Mark? What are his origins? But I don't mind not knowing that because we're getting ready to go into our adventure. And man, the, the more and more I watch of Ethan Hawke, and I think more about how you told me that he was original to the series. Yeah. Uh, they made him for this show. Yeah, yeah, really, that character, he appears in one comic mm-hmm. briefly. Yeah. And basically, I think the character is like a Nazi scientist who escaped and uh, went into South America and was doing pain theory and was so torturing people. Boys from Brazil? Kind of like that. that. <laughs> yeah, very... Yeah. There are 10 million other villains that have that exact backstory. Right. I'm really digging this villain. He's interesting, and he's not right. We know he's not right, but the fact that he believes he's so right, and yeah. you know, he's like, Stephen, I want to help you. I know him, and I know what he's going to do to you, and yeah, I'm really loving this, and my gosh, Oscar Isaac, all the Emmys, man, Jew, it was Yeah, yeah the- being able to play these two characters and they feel even when they're dressed the same and they're talking to each other yes. different people you know who who you're looking at yeah, yeah absolutely yeah they're not like two sides of the same coin they are definitely different people yeah. and the tragedy of it is of course we start out with Stephen Grant mm-hmm. and that's the guy that we like and we're getting mm-hmm. more of the feeling that He's not a real person. He's an alter. Right. Yeah. That Mark Spector is the actual person. Mm-hmm. And the way that they do that, it, it's so subtle in how, wouldn't you just know that the stuff that he likes, his wife likes. Mm-hmm. And that you can see where he, in some ways, became who he was based off of things that Mark liked about his wife. Yes. And so you get this idea that. Okay, maybe he's an alter. Obviously, he's his own person. But there are all these hints. The fact that he talks to his mother, but he never speaks to her. All he does is talk to her. She never answers back. Right. And he doesn't really talk about his childhood or anything. And when he asks Mark, how long have you been doing this? And he says, a long time. Yeah, and I think that will be heartbreaking when we find out. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be the question because now that we're getting this idea of what's going on although we don't know exactly and of course Kanshu is not exactly a hero especially when he's threatening as a look I am going to be done with you eventually and when I do hey I got somebody in the wings I'm liking a little bit better mm-hmm. are you sure you want this <laughs> you can leave if you want because I got your replacement set up and you happen to know who she is yes uh-huh. so Kanshu is not necessarily like the hero. Khonshu seems to be somewhat of a rebel when it comes to the Egyptian gods. He mm-hmm. does his own thing. And just having Harrow, Ethan Hawke's character. Harrow, okay. Yeah, okay. having him knowing more about Moon Knight than Stephen Grant does mm-hmm. because he has done this. And you have to ask yourself, though, how did he escape Khonshu? Mm-hmm. Probably with Ahmed's help. Now we are getting into this chase. And we're getting that Raiders of the Lost Ark feel because yeah. they're all going for the tomb. Mm-hmm. And why does it have to be crocodiles? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, and I have to say another wonderful moment where you start to see the difference between Stephen Grant and Mark Spector was the appearance of Mr. Knight. The suit. The suit. Yes. <laughs> 
You know, a, you said I needed a suit. That was great. <laughs> and that was what's great about it is because even when he dressed up, even when he took on the powers of the Moon Knight, uh-huh. it was different. Yes. It, was, it was a different character. Uh-huh. And uh, maybe Stephen Grant through Mr. Knight will be able to get some sort of confidence, become more active in his own life. But the thing about it is, we haven't seen all the faces of the moon here Mm-mm. because we haven't seen hide nor hair of Jake Lockley yet. Don't know about so Jake Lockley. Jake Lockley is another personality of Moon Knight. Okay. He is a cabbie. He's a street-level guy. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, he's mostly known with dealing with a character by the name of Crowley, who's a homeless man, and Jake Lockley and Crowley would work together. So... Whenever there was street-level stuff that Moon Knight had to deal with, Jake Lockley was that guy. Okay. And Crowley does appear in the Moon Knight show. The statue? He's the living statue. Aha! Okay, I knew the living statue was going to be something. And Yeah, I don't know if it. they're going to de- develop it like they do in the comics or okay. if that's just like a sort of a nod like they did in the phone with the one appearance of Frenchie in the calls. I hope that they do, but there's that possibility we're going to get Jake Lockley. Mm-hmm. I love him already. He hasn't done anything, and I love him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a great listener. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Crowley is awesome. I love the whole human statue thing. Yes. But, again, it's that's basically that character from the comics, in a sense. Crowley in the comics wasn't a living statue, but, yeah, this idea of a living person who's still, and you just forget he's there, and mm-hmm. you'll just talk uh, about anything, not realizing there's somebody sitting right there hearing it all. Yep. It'll be interesting to see if uh, we get more of Crowley and if Crowley develops into a bigger part of the show. I'm looking forward to it. But mm-hmm. what are they? I'm trying to remember. Is it six episodes? I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah I know it's, just... it's not a long run. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'll tell you what, the first two, it's a Cracker Jack start for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to see what they do with this. We're heading to Egypt. Yep, we're going right there's the pyramids. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have thought we would have got to that part of it until a little bit later on. That was going to be like the third act of the rush to Egypt to stop Harrow from freeing Amit. But no, they're diving right into it, which tells me there's a lot more story yet to be developed. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it. I'm excited. Now, before we go, I do want to point out that I have seen the last episode of The Walking Dead because, of course, I get to see it early. Yep. The official airing is going to be this Sunday. Right. And I figure after that, for the next podcast, we can talk about it. And okay. I think I'm going to need some time to think about it. I think All having right. a week to digest the whole thing, mm-hmm. to zone in on what I want to say about it, and at this point, you still haven't really seen mm-hmm, any of the no. episodes. I think we are going to dip into spoiler territory with my final review of part two yeah, of, of three of the second, mm-hmm. trimester, second trimester because you have to. Mm-hmm, okay, that's fine. And so yeah. we'll think about it for a week. Uh-huh. And then we will definitely talk about it in the next podcast. So. All right. And so with that said, we come to the end of episode 146. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. From Andy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch podcast, 
as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.